TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Six family. Woo! I'm fired up at five in the morning. I was on my on my way in, and you know this things happen so fast. These this postseason, whenever the 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 past two seasons when the Warriors haven't been in it, the playoffs have taken forever. Just because you're not paying attention game by game, series by series, it's taken forever. These playoffs, this postseason, has flown by. And then you realize, wait a second, it's been a damn near two months. <laughs> and we're at Game 6. Warriors can possibly win another championship within this dynastic run that they've been on. Under head coach Steve Kerr with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney going for his third Andrew Wiggins going for his first. There's just so much to look forward to tonight. And I want the Warriors to get it done. I will not stand for a Game 7. And if a Game 7 happens, I'm not going to be able to take it. I'm just not. But we are going to be previewing Game 6 for most of the day today. Because tomorrow, obviously, we are going to be recapping whatever happens tonight. So we're not going to have enough time to do the doghouse. So we pushed that up to today. So we're going to do that at 5.15. And, of course, we got a full Game 6 preview uh, coming up for the rest of the show. And this is the way that I wanted to get started today. Uh, 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text line, of course, and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in on anything today. What do you want to see from the Warriors here in Game 6? Is it Game 6 Clay? I mean, after we previewed, I believe it was it was Game 4. It, was, it wasn't Game 5 because we weren't in on the Sunday uh, to preview it. We were mostly talking about Game 4 on the Monday and then did like a little tiny 5-minute preview on Game 5 on that Monday, uh, at the end of the show on Monday. But this one, I'm not going to ask you the Warriors will win 
Game 6 if... Because I think the thing we learned after Game 4 was that it's not just one thing. It's not going to be just, oh yeah, Clay Thompson has to have a big shooting night. It's not going to be just that. You know, it's not just going to be, oh, Steph needs to play better than he did in Game 5. There needs to be a variety of things that has to happen in order for the Warriors to win. And so, I'm really, you could just go down the list. Wiggins maintaining his level of defense and rebounding. Looney, just giving some stability to the lineup coming off the bench. I don't know what the, st- I don't know what the starting five is going to look like. <laughs> the 650 is already texting in. I'd like to see Draymond not f- foul out. Excuse me. Already ran out of breath. But there's so much that needs to go right. Now, before we actually get into the X's and O's and all the preview for that and all that sort of stuff, yesterday, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the show yesterday, um, on the morning roast at least, because, uh, was about Brian Windhorst and the comments. And no, not a majority of the show, but after Brian Windhorst came on, a lot of callers really wanted to chime in. Now, if you don't know... What happened? Brian Windhorst essentially said that the Warriors win, and he said this after uh, Game 5, that the Warriors win was a checkbook win. Now, he worded it in a way that made it seem like he was claiming that the only reason that the Warriors have won is that they did it through their checkbook, and that sort of statement is diluting the win. And then he came on to the morning roast, and he was on for a solid 15 or 16 minutes. You can download the Odyssey app, use a rewind feature, and go back and uh, listen to it. You still got, I mean, you can rewind all the way back to 24 hours. So you still got uh, about an hour and 45 minutes in order to do so. Of course, I'd like you to listen to the show, but the Brian Windhorse interview was fantastic if you want to get some context surrounding that. But really what he was doing was trying to clarify his comments saying that he was more so saying it as a compliment than a criticism, but then he used the words level playing field, and that's what everyone had everyone up in arms. But here's the... Now, we could argue to we're blue in the face. Personally, this is just me. He wasn't backtracking like I felt everyone thought he was. Personally, I thought he gave a very well-thought-out clarification of what he was trying to say. And then going back and listening to that 30-second clip that everyone's reacting to, I kind of hear it a little differently. But we can we can argue about that. I mean, I got called... What did, I, what did I get called? I got called dumb and ugly on Twitter for actually claiming that, which is just fantastic. Um, but here's the one thing that bothered me, though, that came out of that. It's when I'm seeing on Twitter, I'm seeing from the, I'm hearing from the callers, I'm seeing some from the texters. I mean, I love all of you, okay? And this was the, this was the, the story going into it, but. You can't say that everybody's been counting the Warriors out this entire series. There's been a select few, but it's just, you know, Brian Windhorst does this, everyone's been counting the Warriors out. That is not true. Vegas had them as the betting favorites going into this series, and then on ESPN, prior to Game 1, every single analyst on there, I believe it was Mike Greenberg, Jalen Rose, Stephen A., Mike Wilbon, Am I missing one? I'm probably missing one. But they all had the Warriors. They all had the Warriors winning this one. All right? 
They all had them. And listen to this, and I go back to I go back to this yesterday. Damon and Ratto had Bruce Bowen on their show, and this is what he had to say. Of course, Bruce Bowen, former NBA player, you know him, you love him. Here's what Bruce Bowen had to say. He says, Golden State Warriors in six. At the beginning of this series, I said that I felt like a veteran team's going to always give you a better effort, and I said, Golden State in six. When the games didn't go as planned to others, People started saying, well, Bruce, he said in six. I said, yeah, even though it's 1-1, I'm still sticking with what I said. Now, I'm not saying that this is going on because I called it this way, but I'm going off the veteran leadership. I'm going off the team that has been together longer, the team that has been in battles before, the team that has lost a finals because of Draymond Green not being on the floor. So there's a lot of things there that they have experiences at. And not one time did I hear many people talk about the importance of Clay Thompson, the fact that he didn't shoot the ball well in games one and two, for me, it didn't mean too much because I can see that he's getting his rhythm back and getting his legs back. So Bruce Bowen is saying due to the veteran leadership and the championship pedigree that we are all talking about, he's sticking to Warriors and Six, his prediction. Here's what Jeff Van Gundy, of course, he's on the call. He was on Damon and Ratto yesterday. This is his prediction for game six. I am the absolute worst predictor. I thought Boston would win in five. Then when that didn't come through, I thought Boston would win in six. And so the best thing for Warrior fans is when I pick Boston because I'm never right, like literally never. So um, I would say that it will go to game seven, which should be absolute music to the ears of every Warrior fan. That's a bad example. Chris Broussard on Stidey and Guru had this to say about his Warriors prediction. One of the reasons, I picked Golden State in seven before the series began, and one of the reasons was that they they have multiple scores. Now, you mentioned Draymond and Looney. They're doing it, obviously, in different ways. But I felt like as great as Boston's defense is against the Warriors, of course you've got Steph, but you also have Clay. You also have Poole, and you also have Wiggins, who people forgot was a legit 20-point scorer. They weren't winning, but he still was giving you 20 points a game consistently. And so I just felt like their multiple number of scores that they had would be too much for Boston to overcome. I think I'm just tired of the, the whole thing that everyone's been against the Warriors this whole time. It's like, no, they haven't. Maybe at the start of the season – but not when they got to the finals. There have been quite a few who have been on the Warriors so far. So I just wanted to clear that up. And a lot of people are already chiming in. I mean, Brian Windhorst really got people going. And I don't know. More people are focused on the 30-second clip as opposed to the 12 minutes of explanation. I mean, like it's just, it's just you, you can't win. Nobody's going to hear what he has to say. I mean, like, you know, we got one here from bus, bus driver Neek. Wendy is a bitter, angry clown. He was not being genuine yesterday. Well, that's just, that's not objective. You don't know whether it wasn't being genuine or not. You didn't think he was being genuine. That's fine if you didn't. Then for the 510, Windhorst is a jerk and a coward. Then Kurt and Napa, eight of their 14 players are homegrown, for God's sake. Hit the pike, Brian Windhorst. What he was trying to say, and this is how I took it. All right, like I, I, I really feel like people just weren't trying to listen to what he was trying to say, but the way that I took it was, they paid all of those homegrown guys that you're talking about, and they decided to do it 
in a time when nobody really expected it to happen. You know, when they gave Clay and Draymond those extensions because they had the right to pay for him. Andrew Wiggins getting that contract. I'm sorry, but if anyone would have said that Andrew Wiggins' contract was a good one back during his time in Minnesota, and whoever is going to take on that contract, if he said, "Oh yeah, that's going to be a good deal," like I'm sorry, not a lot of people were high on Wiggins when he came here. Nobody thought that he was going to turn into what he's turned into now. I'm not buying it whenever someone says, "Oh, I knew he turned into this." Like I just don't buy that. I don't buy that, and I need the receipts. If you think that Wiggins could have turned into this back during his time in Minnesota. Because he was certainly, he had the athleticism, but he was not nearly as bouncy, as uh, active as he was back in Minnesota. So the fact that they are willing to pay him all that money. And then also creating the room to give Steph the extension. Kevon Looney, who they paid, who quite frankly was on the trading block. People were wondering if they should trade Looney. Same thing with the trade deadline earlier this year. Trade Wiggins was a thing. So I think he's giving credit for the fact that the Warriors actually decided to pay all these dudes and they stuck with these dudes. He never said anything about the league being, oh, this being unfair. They have an unfair advantage. I think he was giving Joe Lacob his props. He didn't say that specifically, but... You know, it's just the way that people took it. I took it a little differently. That's just me. And call me naive. Call me gullible. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. That's just how it works. It's just how it works in this world. I take it one way. You can take it another. <laughs> For the 510, Bonte and Butch let him off easy. I would have dismantled his ass. No, you wouldn't, 510. No, you wouldn't. Sorry. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Just going to say that right now. Anyone who thinks they would have, they wouldn't have. Just telling you that. Sorry to start start things off heated, but I get heated about these certain things. All right. We got plenty of Game 6 preview to come up. 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in. We're going to do this a day early. The doghouse coming up next. Who is in your doghouse for this week? It could be someone from the world of sports. It could be someone from pop culture. It could be someone from your life, from your day-to-day life. Anybody. 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. The doghouse coming up next and more Game 6 preview on the way. Stephen Langford did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Man, a lot of you hate me after that last segment. (laughs) Oh, man. What a morning. What a morning already. (laughs) Oh, man. I should not have shared my thoughts on that. Hey, but that's what ends up happening. Oh, man. Everyone interprets things differently. It's the beauty of this world. Everybody interprets things differently. Now, we got the doghouse. And you all know what the doghouse is. I've said it plenty of times. Now, if this is your first time listening to the doghouse, as I'm getting called, what, Stephen Windhorse? Didn't know Stephen Windhorse was hoping, uh, was was hosting today. The 510 number. Oh, okay, I wouldn't have. 510, I love you. You texted every single day. You're great. This is the first time we've ever gotten into, like, a text texter on host argument before 
Then what was it? Bus driver Neek. I listened to every word as I drove the bus. He came in as defensive. Bringing up money was unnecessary. The whole interview was suspect. Compliments usually don't sound like insults. Again, that's bus driver Neek. Everyone has different opinions on it. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. This is not one of those things where it's like, you know, you certainly should be thinking one way about a certain subject. You know what I mean? Like if there's someone who's used like a a, a racial term, you know, something like that, then that's where like the explanation. I'm not even hearing the explanation, depending on that word. You know, it's not like that. This is a situation where you can interpret it one way or the other. When it comes to Brian Winhorst, um, so the doghouse. As you know, if you haven't turned into, if you haven't tuned into this, this is basically born out of what Kyle Shanahan did because Kyle Shanahan was constantly putting guys in his doghouse. Um, you know, whether it was Brandon Ayuk, Dante Pettis. So you know what I said? Why can't we have a doghouse at five a.m.? Why can't myself? Why can't the listeners have the doghouse? And this is what it is. You can put someone from your life, from sports, pop culture, anything. Let's get it started. From Ann San Jose, can we still call you dumb and ugly for being a Windy fan? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Call me whatever you want. From the 415, I didn't even listen to the interview, but I'm so fired up now. I'm going to drive to the guy's house and... Wow! That's a little too much. Don't worry, it wasn't that crazy. All right, the doghouse. I got three... I'm not even going to say people. Because this is this is uh, this is multiple this is multiple people in each one. It's like a group of people. Uh, the first two are from sports, and uh, the fir- the uh, last one is from a certain TV show. Because I'm very I got very frustrated from what I've seen, and this all went viral yesterday. So I got very frustrated. But there are a couple of more in my doghouse. Uh, but number one. And, and really, this is 1A, 1B, and this all has to do with the Giants. Um, but this goes to yesterday's game. The Giants start off the game giving up a two-run error, so they're already down two runs. Brandon Belt, of course, hits the solo shot, and they end up tying the game up at 2-2 eventually in the game. And then Bobby Witt Jr. hits another sacrifice fly and makes it a 3-2 ball game. Um... The defense has been this season. What's the what's the right word to use? I don't want to say porous. That's a little too strong. The defense has been a liability in certain games. I go back to Logan Webb start against Colorado. You know the two errors by Tyro Estrada, four errors in total. Throughout the season, there have been certain times where the defense just hasn't shown up, even when the pitching and the hitting has been there. And you've needed defense to 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 be to at least have an impact on the game. The Giants' defense has actually been pretty good on this five-game winning streak, but then yesterday it reared its ugly head. And the fact that the defense already gets you down to a two-nothing deficit early in the game. And then the offense can't pick it back up going against a Royals team. Even though they only score three runs in the game, like that shouldn't, that, that it, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way where the Giants go down 2 nothing 
And then the Royals score one run for the rest of the game, and the Giants still don't manage to pull it off. It shouldn't be that way. The Giants' offense, the Giants' defense, they're in my doghouse for that game that they had yesterday. Damn it, they need to pick things up. The second thing in my doghouse. These are broadcasters. I'm going to go after, I believe they were the Brewers broadcasters here. I believe they were. I got I to gotta make sure. I got to make sure I can double. I got to triple check. I got to make sure I got my sources right here. But I'm watching. This was on SportsCenter. This was posted a couple of days ago. The Brewers and the Brewers were playing as well as the Cardinals. And there was a guy and a girl. This is. I'm trying to paint the picture here so I can play the sound and set it all up. There is a guy and a girl, and they are sitting in the seats. They are in the crowd, and the camera is right on them. And, you know, something we love here about Kruk and Kipe is what we we like to call it with the stand-up comedians is the crowd work, right? Kruk and Kipe always did that. You know, it was a, you know, what happened to the little marker, by the way, where they used to scratch people out? I forgot what they called that, but I miss that. But the Brewers and the Cardinals... You see these fans in the stands. The guy's a Brewers fan. The girl's a Cardinals fan. And he is making some sort of hand gesture out on the field. It looks like he's explaining something. It looks like he is mansplaining, as you call it. You know, (laughs) we all know what mansplaining is. Who knows what they were talking about, but it looked like he was holding up a... Like, the grip on a fastball or something like that. I I don't know what he was doing. No one knows what they were saying. But the broadcasters saw this dude and decided to go off on him. And this video went viral. Just listen to these broadcasters narrate, give you a play-by-play on this guy talking to a girl at the game. Uh, He's telling her how he used to do it. Yeah, I remember when I I was in high school, I threw that nasty curveball. Should have seen him. Had big rotation on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll show you pictures when we get back home. Got some video, too. It's black and white, but it's going to be great. You know what I mean? He's not buying it either, right. is he? No. Please stop talking. You know what? Please please stop talking. Oh, my gosh. They just obliterated him. And they kept on going, too. They kept on going back to this guy. So the broadcasters there, they're in my doghouse. Just for just for even trying to embarrass this dude, because he he went viral and he was probably like, oh my god, that wasn't what I was talking about at all. That wasn't what I was talking about at all. She, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, she did look totally uninterested in whatever he had to say. Why is it always at baseball games too? Why is it always baseball games where these guys are just trying to explain something to whoever they're with? <laughs> Oh, boy. From the 415. Steiny's in my doghouse saying Larry Bird is a better player than Steph, but that also Steph has more impact on a game. Saying it takes pregame planning and five committed defenders playing connected on a string just to guard Steph. By definition, doesn't that already mean Steph is the better player? SMH. Damn. <laughs> you just reiterated Steiny's point word for word. <laughs> wow, 415. I'm glad I read that. Uh, from the 510, Kawakami broke the paycheck win assertion down quite nicely in the athletic, separating fact from fiction. There are several owners with more spending than Lake He has the stones to spend aggressively in the vision to take calculated risk. This is why Windhorst's comments are, in my opinion, lazy. All right, that's fine. You know what? He should have worded it differently. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And maybe he was hating to start off, but man, I listen to that clip totally different. I just do. That's me. 
Where is it? From the uh, 925. Vince McMahon is in my doghouse. It's time for a change at WWE. That's Ernie from Concord. And from San Jose, you're in my doghouse. Nice guy. Nice guy, Wendy. <laughs> oh, what a morning. All right, I got one more in the doghouse. And this thing really frustrated me. But if you see a viral... If you haven't seen Stranger Things yet... Um, first off, if you went off of it after season two and season three, totally fine. I, uh, you know, those seasons were not that good. Season one was awesome. Season two and season three, it felt like they were trying to do too much. But then the season four, Jesse and I, my girlfriend, were trying to figure out what we were going to watch. She was like, do you want to watch Ozark or do you want to watch Stranger Things? And I said, you know what? I want to watch Stranger Things because I know that spoilers are going to come out eventually. They're not even going to... It's not even going to be, like, intentional. They're going to be inadvertent spoilers. They don't even realize they're spoilers. So, there's a certain monster in Stranger Things. That's not a spoiler. Don't worry, I'm not spoiling that part. But they showed the creation of the monster behind the scenes. And they show... Who is playing the monster behind the scenes? Now, the fact that they showed who the monster is, is a total spoiler in itself. And the fact that they showed it's a person, the actual actor who is playing that monster, a total spoiler. So the Stranger Things crew, whoever decided to post that and make it go viral, you're in my doghouse. You got to give people... At least a month before you post anything like that. I mean, I was so annoyed. It's the same thing. It's like with the Avengers. I like I wasn't watching Marvel movies when they were coming out in real time. I think I'd watched like the first five up until the first Avengers movie came out. Then after that, I really had a hard time keeping up. So by the time they were all done, all the movies were over. I'd caught up with a few of them, but still had quite a few to go. And they showed Avengers Endgame and everything that happened. And, you know, it became a meme. And so I already knew what was going to happen. I just think we are in such a social media age where inadvertent spoilers are a thing. And it happened with Stranger Things. So Stranger Things crew, you're in my doghouse. Wow, what a doghouse today. From the 408, it's been a month though. And I know that 408 number. It hasn't been a month. It's been less than a month. Came out at the end of May. Uh, at the end of uh, the end of May. So it hasn't been a month yet. <laughs> I proved you wrong. Don't put me in the doghouse when I get home. Uh, from the 408. I'm not even gonna read that. I'm not even gonna read that. I'm not even gonna read that. Nine two five. From nine two, for also for the nine two five. I ain't mad at you, bro. It's too early in the morning for that. My shift just started. Thanks for giving me something to listen to. But you're still in the doghouse. <laughs> oh, that's for bus driver Neek. Hey, man, that's what happened every single time. This is an on this is an ongoing theme, a recurring theme within the doghouse. I created this segment so that I could put, we could put, not just I, but we could, the listeners, me and you, we could put people in the doghouse, and then what ends up happening is I go in the doghouse. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to turn into that. It's happened like the past three times I've done this segment. Damn it! It's not the point! Oh, I hate this. 
but I love it at the same time. All right, more Game 6 preview on the way. 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. Do you think the Warriors get it done tonight and how? On the other side, I'm going to play something for you that's going to, I think this could give you, I don't know, depending on the type of Warrior fan you are, it's going to give you chills because the way that Draymond and Clay and Steph talk about each other, I don't know, like there's so many things with this, within this Warrior teams that we don't give credit for. You know, Kevon Looney playing every single game of the season uh, more than any other player. Like, we're not giving enough credit for that. Uh, Wiggins in the rebounding, we're not giving enough credit for that. Whatever you can, whatever whatever topic you can put your finger on. Uh, but one thing that we're not talking about as much is the relationship between Steph, Clay, and Dre after all these years because Draymond gave this really heartfelt answer to the media yesterday about his relationship with those two guys. Then Clay and Steph both responded. It's going to give you chills. It gave me chills when I when I saw it yesterday and when I listened to it back again this morning. I'll play that stuff on the other side while continuing to talk game six and the Warriors possibly winning another NBA championship. On the other side, Stephen Lankford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dub Nation, this is Gary Payton II, and you are listening to the pregame show with Steve Langford on 95.7 The Game. I'm going to keep on playing that rejoin, by the way, even after basketball season. So damn cool. He wouldn't know who I am, though. Uh, good morning, everybody. Stephen Lightford in. Hope you are having a fantastic Thursday morning, and I am sure you are anxious, excited, any adjective that you can think of for tonight's game. Game six. Warriors and Celtics, and I just, I really can't believe that we're here. Like, looking back on, throughout the season, 
and, and just thinking back on it, because, you know, you, you do that from time to time. You sit back and you kind of just, you know, you you reminisce over the year and, and what it's been like. And, man, to start out, you know, this team was on a hot streak. Draymond and Agu- Andre Iguodala go on uh, Draymond's podcast, and they're talking about how this is exactly like how it felt back in 2014, 2015. You're feeling good. You know, but then there's a little setback with Clay Thompson. You don't really know when he's going to be back. The Warriors are playing well. Then it ends up Draymond Green gets hurt. Then Steph gets hurt while Clay Thompson is back, and these three are not playing on the court. They're kind of in a lull. They have the All Star game where Andrew Wiggins is the All Star starter, and you know it's funny. <laughs> it's funny anytime Draymond in his uh, in his post game press or whenever he said, you know, Andrew Wiggins was the All Star starter for a reason. Well, that reason being is because of the K pop star Bam Bam, right? <laughs> he, he was a reason. Um, uh, well, partially the reason. No, no doubt Wiggins was an All Star, but All Star starter, yeah. There's a re- there's a, there's a couple other reasons for that one. Shout out the fan voting. But speaking of Draymond Green, I mean, just the fact that they're here, I can't believe that they are here. You know, and and you you get you get uh, you get fooled at the beginning of the season by all these predictions and you know people what they're going to say, all these national media members, and you know they said the Warriors are going to be a playoff team. You know they can get that fourth or fifth seed, uh, but certainly not. They weren't thinking the three. You know, everyone was thinking the Lakers are going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. That didn't exactly happen. But I just can't believe they're here. I can't believe they're here. Game six tonight, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. Now, you can get sentimental at times when thinking about this Warriors team and just how much joy they've brought to all of us. I mean, they've been keeping us busy up till the month of June, all the way from, you know, October, whenever the season starts. They've been keeping us busy all those months, and most of it has culminated to an NBA championship. Just unbelievable. And Draymond Green, at the practice uh, yesterday, when he spoke to the media, he shared a story between him and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. And this this just hit you right in the feels, man, when thinking about this. We were sitting on the plane yesterday, and Steph, Klay, and I... We sit at the same table. And Bob walks past and he like, man, you guys are funny. Y'all still sit together. <laughs> He's like, y'all don't understand. It's 10 years. Like, this does not happen. Like, guys still sitting together at the same table. Like He's like, God's not even on the same team for 10 years, let alone still sitting at the same table and enjoying each other's conversation and presence. That's so rare. Like, we don't talk about that nearly enough. Just how rare it is that these guys have known each other for that long. And then he continued, Draymond, talking about the 10-year relationship with him and Steph and Clay. This journey wouldn't be the same uh, without those two guys for me. And Andre as well. Andre has been uh, long, uh, a long ride with us pretty much this entire time as well. But I couldn't imagine sharing this journey with any anyone else. Uh, you know, we've always said it. We've built this thing from the ground up. When you build something from the ground up, like that's your baby. And I think uh, for us, we all appreciate each other. We understand what each of us bring to the table. And, and our bond is, it, it stretches far past what we've accomplished on the basketball court. You're talking about the bonds. Those bonds will last forever. 
you know, we're we're linked and connected together forever. So to know that we've been on this journey together now for 10 years is such a special thing. And, you know, the 10 year anniversary, if you will, uh, to be in this position is, is, is great. Damn. Damn. Just hearing that. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Clay Thompson reacted to that and asked about that moment that Draymond was talking about on the plane where they're all, where they're all sitting together. I don't know about that. I owe Draymond some money in Domino's, so I don't really want to see him too many times. So uh, that's funny. That happened like two days ago, and I was half asleep. But Draymond and Bob were chatting their hearts away for six hours on a plane ride. I was just trying to get some sleep. Good times. <laughs> and then Steph Curry talked about his relationship with those two guys. We've all gelled around a collective unit of how we do things. And whether it's in the locker room, on the plane, the hotels, like whatever it is, we, we know how to have fun and, uh, and gel and keep things light, but also understand what we're trying to do and what, why it all matters in terms of winning games. So Clay has a great way of explaining that, though. It's, uh, I just love his perspective on a lot of things. Isn't that the most like Draymond, Clay, and Steph type answers? Draymond and Steph, they, oh, they, man, they give like these sentimental, oh, man, all talking about the good times. And then Clay just sits there like, I don't know about that. I owe Draymond some money at Domino's. So. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. But yet, like, thinking back on it, like, I just started reading the book, The Three Rings, The Making of a Dynasty, and it's talking about the Lakers dynasty back with, you know, Kobe and Shaq in those days. Written by Jeff Perlman. He's one of my favorite sports writers. He's just fantastic. He obviously wrote the book that turned into uh, The Winning Time, the Showtime Lakers. So he also wrote one about the Kobe and Shaq teams. And just reading it, and just from the get-go, the first couple of chapters are about Kobe and Shaq and the journeys that they took to get here. And I'm not necessarily talking about Kobe, uh, but more so with Shaq. And I'm not using the Warrior, uh, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not using the Lakers so much as a comparison, so much as the magic. You know, like when Penny and Shaq first got started and they were expected, I mean, they got themselves to the NBA Finals. You know, they, they did end up losing, I'll, I'll give you that, but still, they looked like they could have been the type of team that could have stuck together for 8 to 10 years, probably, for even longer than they did, and they didn't. And, you know, Shaq goes on to form the dynasty with Kobe as well as the rest of the Lakers. Then you could use the Lakers as an example, too. Like, imagine if, you know, Kobe and Shaq had got along, those stars had got along, but it was the same thing with Shaq and Penny. You know, Shaq was the number one guy, then Penny comes in, and all of a sudden, no, man, you got a, you got a, man, you got a, uh, wow, you got this other player who, I mean, he's not necessarily better than you are, but he's a guy who who can, who has that type of star power, and you're starting to get a little jealous. Hell, I mean, that's, you go back to the Windhorse checkbook win, and even if you think that it was, it was, uh, you know, even if you think that he was trying to backtrack on his comments by saying that he was giving them a compliment, I mean, you want to talk about who didn't pay their guy? The Orlando Magic didn't want to pay Shaq. They didn't want to pay him nearly as much as he felt that he was worth. The Lakers did. You know, paying guys matters. But just looking back on certain teams like that and knowing that Draymond Clay and Curry are still going strong after all these years, I do think that it starts at the top. 
You know, I do think it starts with Joe Lacob and Bob Myers, as well as Steve Kerr, with the cre- with the culture that they've created around here. No one player is bigger than the other. You know, no one player is more important. Sure, I mean, we've seen Draymond get away with a few things in his time, but overall, with how chill Steph is, and then Clay being Clay, understanding the type of situation that he's in. I mean, these guys, the fact that they've stayed together for that for that long, and that story that Draymond shared, it gets you emotional, man. It gets you emotional. 510, you're bringing up something that I want to talk about because I actually do want to talk about Clay and Game 6 Clay and something that I think uh, heading into tonight that has me a little worried. Uh, from the 510, Aisha Curry can cook. And she's going to cook some green Celtic soup today. Go Dubs. Yeah, 510. So I didn't see this uh, previously until Steph wore that shirt at the at the postgame presser. I didn't know that Aisha Curry, her name was being brought up into the mix. I didn't know any of that. Right? So obviously you look back and you saw that there was a reason for Steph wearing that shirt. But then... I'm seeing that Boston created the shirts that said Aisha can't cook. I'm like, Boston, how stupid are you? Steph Curry. I mean, it, it, you, it's not just Steph. It's any superstar in, 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 his type, in his type of situation. They get a lot of hate. Like, but that hate fuels them. Right, the naysayers, the doubters, they fuel them. Everything. That's all like that chip on their shoulder, there's a reason that it's there. Steph already has that, you know, and I do believe that the emotion that he showed early in this series when he knocked down the second three of the game of his the the game where he scored forty three points, when he knocked down that second three and he went on the other end of the court and screamed at the Celtics fans with three minutes left in the first quarter. Like, all of that was pouring out because of what has been boiling inside, right? He'd been getting frustrated by the Boston fans of the way that they were treating the Warriors, the way that they were talking about him. I'm like, Boston fans, I saw that shirt. I'm thinking, do you really want to give Steph another reason to go off tonight other than a poor performance in Game 5? Boston's stupid for that, man. For creating a shirt like that, don't do that. (laughs) If anyone wears those shirts to the games, good luck. But I'm sure that Steph has already seen those shirts. Seen them again. But he was talking about all the chirping, and this this might be my favorite Curry sound clip. Like, I'll be honest. He doesn't say a lot. Right. Steph is uh, he, he, he talks quite a bit, but he doesn't say anything that's too controversial. Right. He doesn't say anything too out of pocket. This is going to be one of my favorite clips. He was asked yesterday after practice about all the chirping from Boston. I'm the petty king, so I know all about everything. And I, I use it as entertainment and, and, and just have fun with it. Hang on, hang on, hang on real quick. Well, I'll play the rest of the clip, but let me just, uh, let, me just, let, me just let, let that sink in for you. Let me give you a couple of seconds so you could hear what he said at the beginning when he was asked about the chirping. I'm the petty king, so I know all about everything and I, I use it as entertainment and, and and just have fun with it because the more you're on the stage the more you realize the attention that's on you how much it means to each fan base how much it means to the cities so you can't really be surprised by anything because 
there's, just, there's a lot of stake when it comes to winning championships and like maybe back in the day, you know, the first year, first two years, maybe kind of things catch you off guard just because it's so new and you're wondering how all these narratives kind of come up or all these distractions pop up here and there. But I think the more that you get into these environments, the more you use it as entertainment and fun and uh, embrace it because honestly, you wouldn't want to have it any other way knowing that you're on this stage and you're playing for something that really matters to a lot of people. For the Warriors to get it done, possibly tonight in a place like Boston, that would make this legendary. Like, it already is, if they end up winning. It already is. But to do it in Boston and to silence that crowd, like, you understand the reason that Boston fans are going after the Warriors, right? It's because they're jealous. You know, Boston had a dynasty. They did. And it hasn't been around for years and years and years. And they have a dynasty with the Patriots or had a dynasty. But they didn't have it with basketball. The Warriors have been that team for this past decade. They don't have that. They are all jealous. And that's why they hate on these guys. All of it is just jealous. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. From the 95, Shaq got jealous of the shine that Penny was getting, no doubt. And then Orlando... You know, they created that stupid poll on the Orlando Sentinel and whether Shaq wants to be here or whatever it was, and then he was just totally insulted by that. I mean, there's just a whole lot that went into that. But that's the thing, is there can be a lot that goes wrong. I mean, to be honest with you, when it comes to the Warriors dynasty, I know I'm, I'm kind of getting sentimental about it, but when it comes to this dynasty, I didn't think that after that Clippers game, when... Draymond and KD got into the fight because Draymond was taking the ball up court and Kevin Durant was clapping for it and Draymond did not pass the ball. Then the game goes into OT. Like, I did not think that this Warriors dynasty would still be around. I thought KD was going to be gone. I thought Draymond had maybe, you know, I thought Draymond had given these guys some incentive to maybe not keep them around anymore. I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought things were going to be going way downhill, but they've managed to keep the team around since then. They've managed to keep the culture around since then. And when looking back at the season, there was someone here who texted in. Where was it? Well, from the 408, we are very spoiled with the longevity of players on our Bay Area teams. That is a fact, and you can go down the list of any of these teams within the Bay Area, except for really the A's, but that's not the A's' fault. That's that's ownership's fault. That's management's fault. That's all their faults. Uh, where was it? From the 510. Remember where we were in March? We lost to Orlando, Atlanta, and Washington. Yeah, in March, I was. It wasn't. that was more toward the end of the season, right? When I was really down on this team, when I did not think they were going to go anywhere, where I was thinking, okay, like I wasn't thinking playing game, but I was thinking, all right, five, six, five seed, six seed, whatever it's going to be. It was when they went on that five-game losing streak, and they lost on that Saturday to the Lakers team who couldn't buy a win. They couldn't do anything to get a win going. I think they won like four of their previous 24 games prior to that. Something crazy. yeah. And, and the Lakers were just on a downward slope. Then the Warriors end up losing to them on that Saturday. I was down. I was not feeling good. Was not feeling good about it. Quite frankly, the end of the season, I mean, when you really look back, 
I mean, down the stretch of March, that five-game winning streak was huge at the end of the year when they beat the Jazz, the Kings, the Lakers, the Spurs, and the Pelicans. Huge. Luckily, those last three games against the, or those last four games, really, the Kings, Lakers, Spurs, Pelicans, those teams didn't really have anything to play for. Kings were done. Lakers, they were done. Spurs and Pelicans, well, they weren't going to go anywhere. They were waiting to for the they were waiting to play in the playing game against each other. They weren't worrying about what they were going to do against the Warriors. They were resting up for the playing game, hoping to do something in the finals. That's when I was really man. That early time in March, I was really down after that five game losing streak. Man, those five games toward the end, crazy. Yeah, the 707. Boston doubled down with Daisha. Still can't cook. Curry about to cook a 50 piece for Boston tonight. Yeah. Great job, Boston. You gotta laugh. But you know who's gonna get the last laugh? It is going to be Stephen Curry. I believe that. Now, when we're talking about Game 6, this name always pops up tonight. A lot of people are expecting, you know, Clay Thompson to go off. And this is the most that Game 6 Clay has really been talked about um, that I can remember. Like, Clay was asked just ad nauseum about Game 6 Clay. Here's what he had to say about the nickname. I would like to have a big night and win the game, but it doesn't matter what any of us do individually. The main goal is just to win one game. So I don't want to put any extra pressure on myself to live up to my name. I just want to go out there and play free, trust my teammates, and I know great things will happen if I do those two things. Then he said they earned, that he earned Game 6 Clay, the nickname. I realize I'm on a really good streak right now of game sixes and i don't know how long that will last hopefully obviously tomorrow but it's obviously a nickname i earned i want to live up to it but at the same time i I don't want to go in there and play hero ball i'm just going to go in there and be myself and do what i've been doing the last few games and i know that will uh allow us to be successful that's the important part to me is clay doesn't try to do too much when you look back at Game 5, the shot that he made with five minutes left in the third quarter, it was after the Celtics went on the tear and they made those eight straight threes. Uh, Clay made a shot where it was catch and shoot, but it was just about as quick as any NBA player can get up a three-pointer and get the make. Like he kept the game within range there. A lot of people, Anthony Slater talked about this in his latest article. He said that that shot, everyone's talking about that shot as the one shot that was really the most important in that game five. That's what we need from Clay tonight. I don't need him to go off for 30 or 40 points. I'd love for Steph and Clay to combine for, you know, 55 to 65 points. I'd love that. But I don't need Clay to go off just as long as the Warriors keep in the game and he hits timely shots. You know, it feels like in, uh, it felt like in game three, both him and Wiggins, they had open looks and they just didn't knock them down. Timely shots are what matters. So if he can make shots like that, with like five minutes left, in, like the one he made in game five, with five minutes left in the third quarter after the Celtics go on a tear and he kind of stops the bleeding... That's what I want to see from Clay. Someone who keeps things stable. It's the same thing with Jordan Poole. I don't know what Steph's minutes are going to look like, but if there are going to be non-Steph minutes in this game, Jordan Poole is going to have to be the one that steps up in that situation. And he did at the beginning of the fourth quarter in this last game. 
along with the defense. You need the defense to be to to be stout. But man, I I just I love everything about this team no matter what happens. Even if they don't win tonight and they force a game 7, I really do love this team. From the 925 WEEI Morning Show, it's fighting amongst themselves about Tatum and fatigue. Oh, man, comedy. Look, Tatum's fantastic through three quarters. It's really the fourth quarter. I think he's shooting 23% from the four, in the fourth quarter. I think he's shooting 23% from the field. Not good. <laughs> he needs to pick things up if the Celtics want any chance of winning. He tries to do maybe a little too much, and then you got to get the same thing from Jalen Brown if you're the Celtics and the others. But I think the Warriors... You know, six games in, it is about the heart, the effort, because you understand tactically what the other team is trying to do. But I feel like the Warriors have figured them out. I feel like they've figured out their rhythm, and they're going to try and make others beat them. I'm excited to see what can happen tonight. I really I really am. I can't wait. From the 5-1-0, good to hear that out of Clay. Don't go hunting bad off-balance shots, bro. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I don't want to see Clay. you know, going to his left after dribbling the ball five or six times and then just taking a shot as he's gliding to his left. It's pretty amazing what he does. It's a, it's, a, it's a remarkable feat of athleticism for him to do that. But I don't want to see those shots. I want to see him set his feet, you know, get square to the rim and get that patented clay three-pointer up because it is the most pretty th- one of the most pretty three-pointers in the league when he gets his feet set. Game six tonight. Can't stop repeating it. I mean, if it, look, if they end up winning, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? We could, it'll be bedlam here on 95-7 the game if the Warriors end up winning, and I sure hope they do so, and I think they will. I think Steph's going to come out firing. I think Clay's going to be hitting those timely shots. I think Draymond is going to carry over what he found from last game, the aggressiveness and, you know, staying uh, with the little fake handoff that he had, the fake dribble handoff where he went in for the dunk, plays like that, staying stout on defense, GP2, Jordan Poole coming in and hitting some shots. Steve Kerr out coaching Ime Udoka. I think all that happens tonight, and the Warriors end up winning game six. Been a fun show. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining me on this Thursday. Bonte Hill and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, they're coming up next with the morning roast. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass producing up until 9 o'clock. And as always, you know what? It's not Go Sports. Tonight, it's Go Dubs. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.